0: African-American male flawed stubborn singularly focused brash compassionate multi-talented endlessly ambitious brilliant charismatic love to hate hate to love as much as you can love a person you have never met the tears won't stop coming this is Russell Fugit. back After a long absence, with a special tribute to Kobe Bryant and Morgan Wooten, former head coach of DeMatha basketball in Hydesville, Maryland. Before I get to Kobe, I want to start out with Coach Wooten, who was someone I personally knew. And real quick, um, when I was 13, I was a CYO Catholic Youth League All-Star at St. Michael's School in downtown Silver Spring. And, of course, my father, having been a former uh, Redskin and Cowboy and a you know, local uh, news anchor, you know, I was being recruited. I was pretty good. I wasn't that good, but I was pretty good, and I was already about six feet tall and had a little bit of a game. And um, we got a personal tour. The president of math gave me and my mother and father a personal tour. I always remember it because I think we had to be there at 7 in the morning. And on a Saturday, That when you're 13 years old, you're like, really, I got to get up at 6? It was some ridiculously early hour. And I remember um, getting the tour from the president, very nice older gentleman whose name escapes me. And then, of course, going to see Coach Wooten and sitting in his office. And he was sitting behind the desk. And um don't remember in detail the substance of the conversation but do remember i can close my eyes and see the scene of my parents and I sitting there and all the trophies and the plaques on his wall and if i remember the gym was either behind him through a glass window or somewhere nearby and i may be mixing memories here a little bit Um, but i remember just the kindness and the genuineness i felt from him and i remember um in uh, previous years having gone to his summer camp um, and, and up in uh, Emmitsburg, I think it was at St. Mary's College out in Western Maryland, and uh, Mount St. Mary's. And, um, you know, always respected him. And, you know, I was definitely was all in on going to Damatha and being the next star, the next prodigy out of damatha and, and that was what I wanted. And that was my dream as a 13-year-old boy. Um, and what an honor it would have been to have had the chance to perhaps play for him. And be a part of that program, but that wasn't meant to be. And my parents had other plans and God had other plans. And as you all know, by now, having listened to this podcast, I went over to Georgetown Prep and tore my knee up and I had to be a scholar. But I just want to give a quick tribute to Coach Wooten. And I don't want uh, his legacy to be overlooked. And I know there's so many young men uh, at the Matha who he touched and, and who he had the chance to coach and the impact he had on the game of basketball. Um, and even though, again, I didn't get a chance to play for him, having gone to a summer camp and having that special moment with him where, you know, he, you know, invited me to be the part at the Matha family. Um, I'll always be grateful for that Um, and humbled by that special um, tour that they gave us, right? Um, And I could always dream about what might have been if I had had a healthy knee and grown a a few more inches and had maybe a little bit of a different work ethic in my youth around improving myself. But, um, I'm always very grateful, uh, for that opportunity. Um, so after a quick break, let's segue on to talk about my, my man, Kobe. First I, I just got to say that, um, I understand, I feel LA's pain. I, I remember having, uh gaining perspective when michael jackson died like man like why are people running down the street in la like acting crazy because michael jackson died like and just understanding uh coming to understand los angeles and then later years having the chance to spend a couple weeks out there on two different a week out there on on two different occasions and getting to understand the energy of the city the fabric of the city And, and people like michael jackson people like kobe bryant become a fabric of the city even though they're not born in the city, they become a part of that fabric. Right. And some L.A. is really a place where so many people come to make their name, to make their history. And they aren't from there. Right. Necessarily. And they become part of that fabric. And that was Kobe. Um, He was a part of that fabric. I think Kobe was about 10 months older than me. So really, like in terms of age, you know, very much parallel. Right. Um, In terms of where we were. In our lives in, in, in terms of age and season of life even to a great extent and which just makes you know having to face what happened to him so difficult um, and so painful and I'll just go back 20 years to you know when he was starting out on the Lakers and I was a Shaq guy. There's a, there's a home video my dad has of me like wearing Shaq jersey and holding up when Shaq um, was on Sports Illustrated in fact I went to Shaq's second ever professional game at U.S. Air Arena <laughs> against the Bullets and watched him. Um, we sat behind the backboard like 20 rows up. And I remember in the second quarter, he dunked it so hard that he broke the shot clock. The game kept going, but he broke the facing, fell off the shot clock because Shaq dunked it so hard. So I was a Shaq guy going back. I mean, when was it? When, this would have been 92 um so kobe coming in like yeah a wing player was cool but i was a back to the basket player. i was a post guy right i could face up and hit a 15 footer i could face up and within two or three dribbles get my shot off against you know most people you know my, my contemporaries at the time so that was my game is really in uh, the power game right the physicality that's what i enjoy and that's what i miss from basketball to this day at the nba level in particular so i was a shot guy but I always admired Kobe. I knew, you know, I saw this guy, of course, coming in saying he wanted to be MJ. And like, okay, let's see. It looks like he has the physical tools. He got to the All-Star game, you know, as a rookie or whatever. Let's see. And you just watch. You're a, I'm a basketball fan. Uh, you know, you want to admire greatness. And, I, and I've spoken, I know, in other parts about the greatness and recognizing people who are prodigies. And LeBron James is a prodigy. And Kobe Bryant was a, po- a prodigy. And in so many ways for people in our generation you know born in the late 70s early um, early 80s who really can feel like kobe's a contemporary like he was our prodigy those of us who were basketball fans those of us who were sports fans he was our prodigy i think for black men in particular in that demo he was our prodigy right like man um and i got to college and just remember watching him i remember one day sitting in the cave at trinity college and one of my boys, Danny, was like, man, we're watching on the big screen TV <laughs> and watching him just put in work on somebody and just like, what are we doing at our age at 19, 20 years so old that that Kobe Bryant is out here killing people on the basketball court and, and, and already like showing superior ability. And we're here in college, like, (laughs) messing around, you know, trying to get educated. And Kobe's already, like, on his way to being such a star. And you couldn't help but admire it. You might not have always liked it. I wasn't really, like, a Laker fan. I've always been a D.C. sports fan. And then I just admire LeBron. I admire Shaq and Kobe and Barkley and Elijah. Like, you love watching the the, the excellent teams, right, the excellent players. You just, you know, you just love. And, of course, you love having the debates about who's the best. Who would be who in the finals and, and just being a part of that conversation that for many black men is really a part of our lives. Right. Day in and day out. And, you know, as you grow, the conversation changes, the manner of the conversation changes, the aspects and the elements that you understand and go into the level of excellence, excellence changes. What is required in your life as a man changes and in so many ways. It changed for us in our generation, like it's changed it changed for Kobe. And so we watched how it changed for him. In a lot of ways, for us, most of us, many of us, it was changing in the same way, at the same um, pace. And, um, you know, you go back to those Shaq and Kobe Lakers where they were just dominating. And then, you know, I remember thinking they were going to crush the Pistons in the finals. And it was at 04. And they had Carl Malone and Gary Payton, Grant. They were old. But, you know, I'm like, all right, they got, got too many. I mean, they're like four, five, if you count Phil Jackson, like future hall of famers that were on that laker team and then you know detroit basketball beat them and that was the end of those lakers and then there was this time where like kobe was just kind of like lost out there you know shaq got traded to miami and there was that beef and i was a shaq guy but i wasn't like dissing kobe but i was like well you know shaq is the man shaq is shaq shaq's a force of nature shaq physically is one of a kind and so um, but you saw the decline coming, and you understood, but it was like, well, could Kobe ever get back to that level? And, of course, it took some time. There were some moments where we didn't think Kobe was going to stay in L.A., but, you know, he got Phil back. Um, and, man, you know, they had a nice run, three-time Western Conference champion, back-to-back champions uh, with Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom. And, and those were just – those were fun teams to watch. And, and and see how they did that and how Kobe kind of had that second championship act and um, I remember as part, I think in that in that run I was working on a business deal and the person, the, the organization I was talking to had a suite and they invited me like the day of to go to the game so went to the to the MCI center or I guess it would have been the Verizon Center, now it's what Capital One Bank, I can't even keep up and um Remember sitting, get into the box, and it's mid-court suite, you know, and it's the Lakers, and it's sold out, and I'm like, how did I end up in this box, like in this, you know, and on this, on this deal, and that, you know, the organization was kind of I think, trying to kind of woo me a little bit, and that's a whole other story for a whole other time. Um, but I remember that game, and I remember just um, having the chance to admire Kobe, and you appreciate. You know, I saw them. I remember seeing the Tim Duncan championship Spurs. I mean, you just see so many players when you actually go to the game and you can appreciate them so much more in person. So getting that chance and that was the only chance I got to see Kobe in person. Um, But I'll truly never forget. I'm confident I probably have the ticket stub around here somewhere. It's about 12 years ago now. And um, just getting to see Kobe in person. I mean, you know how he would cut. He was so precise. And um, his athleticism really was just, it wasn't like forcefully dominant. I mean, he would attack the basket and he'd had some dunks. But it was, there was just a grace and a true beauty to, to his ability. Um, but you could see that he had physical gifts, but he also, you know, was precise, right? With his cuts coming off screen, catch and then elevate and shoot. And, and there was nothing the, the Wizards <laughs> could, could do, which, you know, what else is new? If, um, for those of you who are uh, Washington Wizards fans like I am, or what else, you know, Could we do? And so that's just such a wonderful uh, memory. And then the 81-point game, which actually might have been like a year or two before that, my boy Larry was visiting in town, and I was in downtown D.C., and it was a Sunday night. I'll never forget it. And we were just sitting around, and, you know, I was flipping through channels, and we had NBA TV on the cable package. I think it was included. I don't think I was paying extra in those days. I was in grad school. And we, I think, turned the game on like in the third quarter. And I remember just by the fourth quarter, me and Larry just giggling, like just laughing because it was just so absurd. Like nothing the Toronto Raptors did would stop this man like Mamba mentality and just remember just laughing as he kept scoring and scoring and scoring on his way to 81 points. And at some point you thought he would just back off. And at some point you thought they may just take him out the game and put him on the bench. (laughs) <laughs> nah, this dude, he was on a mission and next thing you knew, my man had had dropped 81 and it was just like, wow, what did we just watch? Man, so talk about talk about memories. And of course, the last memory and the and perhaps the fondest memory and I think one that sums up what Kobe meant to so many people is that 60-point game, the last game Mamba out. The image for me is not really anything Kobe did because he didn't have the lift in his legs anymore, but he was getting he was hitting shots and he was he was giving it everything he had in his body at that point. And I think, again, you get to your late 30s. I mean, I know I couldn't do, you know, I can't do what I could do 10 years ago and I've never been a great athlete in terms of you know, <laughs> right now on a professional level, even a D1 or D anything college level. <laughs> <laughs> so just but just knowing your body don't feel the same as it felt 10 years ago, 15 years ago no matter what you've gone through. So just seeing and understanding that, right? That man, he's out here in his late 30s, you know, trying to trying to go for 60. Um and then just seeing, you know, Shaq on the sideline, but the image for me is always that Snoop dog clip. When Snoop dog, who's one of the coolest dudes in the world, right, is wearing his leather jacket and his shades holding his cell phone up to record the moment. And then Kobe hit one of those crazy shots towards the end of the game. And Snoop is just going bananas in the crowd. Like that sums up Kobe to me. And you see people post on social media, black boy joy, black male joy. So those, for someone you don't know, but to be part of memories in your life and to be a part of joy, it makes his passing so much more profound. And then to just have the parallel again, being I think he was 10 months older than me. Man, like and he's a girl dad like me, man. So it just I haven't said no to my girls Harley this week. <laughs> my wife was just teasing me about it like, uh-huh. You give them whatever they want. I'm like, well, yeah, this week, it's kind of hard to say no. <laughs> but trust me, I will when I have to. But man, oh man, has it been hard this week to say no as a dad. So that that blackmail joy, that, that uh, blackmail aspiration. And then of course, people talk about the sexual assault charges that were dropped and the civil suit that was settled out of court apparently and you know man like as black men in america we don't get the benefit of the doubt right or wrong we don't get it and there's so many examples where we see our contemporaries in other backgrounds who get that benefit of the doubt and we just know innately we don't get it or if we get it it's going to be very rare or it's going to have to be in the extreme right Where, you know, if it's in the legal system, it's because you got the super legal team and some money behind you. Or there's a videotape and maybe they believe the tape, maybe they don't. Or in other situations, you may have other factors that can really overwhelmingly tilt things. Maybe not even in your favor, but just towards equity, right? Like not, you know, in your favor, but just towards getting a little bit of benefit of the doubt. And knowing that Kobe was able to come back from that and come back better. And we don't know what happened in that hotel room. We don't know. But All of us have had our moments. And all of us, many of us, most of us have not had those moments on TV, lived out in the public eye and our worst moments. And I know I have some moments that I'm just grateful. There was no cell phones around, and no videotaped social media, you know, and and I'm just grateful that, you know, I don't have my memories my uh my worst day my worst moments in the public sphere but um for Kobe to be able to come back from that and learn from that I think we all learned from that um you know and that he was able to maintain his marriage again I don't know Kobe but in his marriage but he was able to maintain it and I hope to believe that you know there were more children birthed after that that they were still love and it always publicly appeared to be love and I, I know um certainly that there is love in terms of um, the Bryants and Vanessa and the three children who, of course, we send our love and condolences to so many people around the world have been doing. And, um, man, and just, you know, so many of, you know, a lot of my idols are girl dads, Obama, my Uncle Reg, Reginald F. Lewis. And you just think about Kobe and you just take for granted, man. Like, you just take for granted, you know, he's going to be here. I never had really watched his short. Until seeing it this week, that Kobe won the Oscar for. But you knew he won the Oscar. You knew he was doing private equity and venture capital. You knew about Mamba Academy. And you just take for granted that, you know, you kind of see in the periphery Kobe's around. And you hear about Kobe's daughter a little bit. And, you know, it was just the other week that he had made the statement about, you know, a few of the WNBA players, the women could play in the NBA. And there was a little bit of debate around that, like, well, You know, why did it why do we gotta always compare the women to the men? The women are great on their own and their league is great and I'm, you know, so excited as an aside that the women have gotten a a collective bargain agreement and are getting pay equity and that Christy Tolliver can get paid equally um, by the Washington Wizards to be an assistant coach and that my daughters and my nieces and the other girls coming up can have a chance. And that Kofi was an advocate for that and that his daughter And the Mamba Academy was an example of more opportunities for for girls and women to be able to participate in sports and learn those life skills and learn strength. And the greats and the best ones will, of course, have the opportunity to know that my kids could play in the WNBA. That league will still be there for them. Like, man, like whatever little impact he had in that, that was important. You know, sometimes people in social media don't get it right, don't always say the right thing. Even people like Kobe, but they keep the conversation going. The conversation is what matters. So he was a part of that conversation because he was a girl dad, right? And he wanted his daughter to have opportunity. Like, I want my daughter to have opportunity. I don't want her to go to Russia or, or Europe to play ball if she don't want to. Why can't she stay here and play in the America League and make half a million dollars base salary and then be an example? You know, maybe that's for my daughters, maybe not. Maybe they can be a coach. Maybe they can be a trainer. Maybe they can be a broadcaster. There's so much opportunity. There's so many jobs. There's so many ways and paths to have an influence. So anyway... I'm just grateful for that and of course the hard thing is just the night before he passed when LeBron broke that record the scoring record and got to third place all the time and the four minute video and I woke up Sunday morning and it's a terrible habit but I wake up and I'll just roll over if I'm not in a hurry usually on the weekend and I'll look at my phone and I'll start on social media lord i should open the bible i should you know say a prayer i should do some other things but i'll check social media. i'll check a text and sometimes i may have some texts that came in because i've silenced my phone and i might check the news if something's going on or something was going on in sports that i didn't stay up to watch the end of and i saw the video of lebron i watched off four minutes of it on very low volume and heard what he had to say about Kobe and how special he was and how breaking his record, how much it meant to him and how Kobe, you know, gave him the shoes before the All-Star game when he was in high school you know, before the, the, the NBA All-Star game and LeBron was in high school getting ready to go play um, go play uh, Carmelo Anthony at Oak Hill. And I remember seeing Carmelo Anthony at Oak Hill, I think it was that same season um, after he had left Towson Catholic in Baltimore. Where he, Oak Hill came back and played Towson Catholic. I remember going to see Carmelo as a high school player Uh, You know, drawing these little connections (laughs) where you're kind of in the periphery, you know, you feel like you're one or two steps removed um, from from these individuals who you again You've never met, but you watch and admire how they grow as men again, as especially in my peer group. Right. And overcoming challenges. And, you know, I'm glad Melo's back in the league, man, you know, getting buckets. It's just so exciting to see success like that in this world. And um, so anyway, just watching that video. And then, um, you know, going to church and coming home and uh, trying to get my daughter to take a nap in her bed. And, of course, I'm the one who ends up taking a nap. My wife texts me the news, and you know, I Google and see the TMZ article and start chatting with my boys. And we're just like, nah, this has got to be. At least I know I said this is fake news. It has to be fake news. And, um, of course, finding out the reality. So it's been reported that Kobe and his daughter um, got up and on that Sunday. And went to 7 a.m. mass. Um, it It's being reported that Kobe um, was a devout Catholic. I become a somewhat devout, intentional Catholic in pursuing his his um, Christian faith in the Catholic tradition, um, which I was also raised in the Catholic tradition. So I understand that and know that well. And that, you know, from there they went and, you know, boarded the helicopter eventually that, you um, to go to the Mamba Academy, we all know what happened from there. But you know, it just makes me um, you know, I think all of us have to think about life and death, and that we're not guaranteed. I think it all it all hits us, and we're just in a such you know violent world, and of course, such violence is seemingly visited on black and brown people in this country and other parts of the world on a regular basis. We become somewhat desensitized to it and, and immune from it, but we don't expect our best and brightest, right? Those who, who have brought us joy, those who have exemplified excellence and success in doing things the right way, as a father, as a business person, as an athlete, to die in the way they die and to die suddenly and to be taken from us, right? The, the ones who are examples, who truly are heroes. I know we don't. I don't always like to use the word hero. But I think there's probably not a better word in a lot of ways like, oh, like big brother. I look look up, you know, wow, like, you know, if Kobe's doing it that big, maybe I can do my little piece that much better. Maybe I can do my little thing at my job or in at, at my family that much better. Right. Mamba mentality. Maybe I can lose 10 pounds. You know, whatever it is. Right. That we choose that mind over matter that we can focus ourselves and that we have the power and the ability with support of our family and our God. to to achieve and to be excellent right and maybe even if we're good enough to dominate like since I have perhaps one of the greatest examples to many black men of that in our age demo taken so suddenly I think we all just have to pause and think on it um, and just take the time to get right to hug our kids a little bit more to repent where we need to repent with our God to ask for forgiveness with our friends and family or our old friends and family where there might have be brokenness in our relationship. And I just if that's the last gift that Kobe gives us in his life and those of all those who passed in that crash gives us is that we reflect and we take the time in our spirits and in our minds and with deep intentionality. To uh, make amends. I saw Kendrick Perkins tweeted. Uh, Kevin Durant like yo I'm sorry dude like yo it's it's love you know people calling him you know a, you know, BITC whatever for leaving Oklahoma and going to Golden State like you know come on like you know like and just antagonizing attacking and just negative and, and you know we don't know what tomorrow brings and so when you put that energy out in the world what is it really producing right what fruit is it bearing so inside just hope all of us are are, are taking that into account more how can we put it out there in the world that whenever our last moment comes that whatever is left is a legacy of love and of accomplishment and of peace and joy and and that's all we can leave behind you know so many other things you know will fade away uh you know money and of course you know get your will get your finances in order to be ready because you just don't know, and you know, be responsible in that regard to your family. I'm speaking to the, my men out here, but in so many ways in the untangible things, the fruit of the spirit, right? We just don't know. So, what are you going to leave behind today and every day? And that's just hard. Um, that's the challenge I think for all of us um, to overcome is how do we how do we do that, right? And I think all of us are pausing to say you know work is not so important what we want to accomplish is not so important and i'm not that important as much as my relationship with the people that I care about me and i care about as important as as my children and their health and welfare is important and so that we're really focusing um on the right things um there's a really good article in the griot i think it just came out yesterday by uh, blue talusma am pronouncing it right what kobe Bryant's Death has taught me about how um, black men mourn. Um, and it says, opinion, since Kobe Bryant's tragic death, black men have shown emotions that many forget they have. It's time to let them have their their wake for the NBA legend and show that despite ter- stereotypes, they are human. And I want to I want to read some of this, but I'm, I'm I'm probably not. But I think it really just I encourage you just on the dot com to check it out for yourself. Um And I think it just talks about, you know, when death is swift and cruel. Um, I'll I'll read a part. As someone who has had to deal with mourning process a lot over the years, it's been my lived experience that there is death and there's sudden death. Both are painful, but the latter has an extreme bite to it that leaves you feeling as if you've been betrayed by time and also wishing you could go back and savor moments you previously took for granted. That's why the swift and cruel timing of Kobe Bryant's passing just hours after LeBron James passed him on NBA's all-time scoring list felt like a sick joke. Most of us, including myself, expected Kroby to grow old in the public consciousness for people in my age group. Specifically, he was the first NBA player we watched play out his entire career from start to finish and then segway into an exciting new chapter after retirement. He was a North Star of sorts. And I'm speaking to a little bit of that. Um, yeah. And so I just encourage you to 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 read that. Um, but it just, you know, says how you know we as black men don't have the space. But I think it's important now to take that space. Oh, man. Mm, 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 mm. So with that, um, I wanted to come back in the podcast this week. And I had a different show in mind, but um, I couldn't start anywhere else this week. So um, much belated. Happy New Year. (laughs) Hope everybody enjoys the Super Bowl on Sunday and everybody travels safely. If they're going to Super Bowl parties and doing that thing. Um, I got some exciting things I want to share um, in the coming days and weeks. And it's been a grind season for me, but I'm just committed to this. And I, I'm really focusing to recommit myself to doing at least a few episodes a month and then figuring out. you know, I think I have some power casts in me where then you might get some 10 to 15 minute nuggets um, that I want to put out there. And I know from the first podcast to this one, I, I had to remind myself. Um, And this week reminded me when I was afraid about who would listen, who would care, who would this impact. I said, This is for my daughters, <laughs> so you can go back and check the receipts from the very first episode of them doing this podcast for my girls, for my family, for my legacy that they always will have this and know you know where I was and what I thought about, how I saw a world and life, and how I understood who God was and how that relationship has grown and continues to grow and how that manifests in my life and they compare that with their memories and hopefully draw strength um, from it and that's my intention with this podcast and also I think it's good for me to be able to talk and I hope it blesses you and if it does I appreciate the text when I get them the DMs the tweets the retweets the Instagram comments likes I I appreciate it I'm out here trying to get likes I really don't care but it encourages me when I hear from you and, and I appreciate it. And again, if it just touches one other, two other people, you know, otherwise I'm happy with this being a record for my girls, a public record for my girls. And so on that note, I'll be a girl dad. So I'm gonna wrap this up. Thank you for listening. Um, you can find me at russellfugit.com and at Russell Fugger across your social media. Um, have a wonderful weekend and I'm going to be back, uh, in this space soon. Uh, please subscribe and share and, um, uh, One final RIP to uh, a legend, two legends, Mr. Morgan Wooten, former head basketball coach at the high school hall of famer and soon to be hall of famer and legend and forever with us and gone far, far too soon. Kobe being Bryant. Give someone an extra hug. Give your daughters and your sons an extra hug and uh, God bless you. And I'm going to be ending my podcast with my new catchphrase from my late grandfather, Joseph Howard Payne. And it's really simple and really funny, but really simple and yet very powerful. And that saying is, I couldn't love you if I didn't love you. And that sums it up. I love you if you hear this, if you hear my voice. God bless you. Until next time. Thanks for listening.